EU Futures Podcast, a project of the Center for the Study of Europe at Boston University. Welcome to the EU Futures Podcast, exploring the emerging future in Europe. I'm Olya Jordanian, an EU Futures Project Coordinator at BU Center for the Study of Europe. Today is April 13th. My colleague Sandra Porcar and I talked to prominent Spanish politician Joaquin Almunia, a former member of the European Commission. I'm uh, Joaquin Almunia. I'm a Spaniard. I was a politician in Spain for many years, a member of the Spanish Parliament during 25 years, almost since the beginning of the democratic uh, transition until 2004 when I left uh, Spain to go to Brussels, being member of the European Commission for uh, 10 years and a half, first of all responsible for economic affairs and after uh, responsible for competition. In Spain I was also member of the government uh, for nine years during the first uh, socialist uh, governments, uh, chaired by Felipe González. I was in charge of uh, the Ministry of Labor and Social Security and afterwards uh, the Ministry of Public Administration, that is the uh, part of the government that organizes the relationship with the regions and local governments and also the central administration, the functioning of the public services and all this. And I am here now. What is the future emerging in Europe? The future of Europe? Well, we the Europeans have to decide what we want to, to have as a, our own common future. I think uh, the best uh, opportunities for Europeans is to support uh, uh, the European integration. Every country in Europe is uh, too small in this global world. If you look at the, not only at the at the present big uh, countries in the world, uh, such as US or Japan, China, India. But if you look at the emerging countries that are becoming uh, bigger and bigger, both in terms of population, the economy, influence, relevance, uh, European countries uh, need to think in a common future in this 21st century, even if the original reasons for the European integration were not uh, these questions of relevance. Uh, the main reason for the launch of the European integration process was peace. After two world wars that took place throughout the world, but mainly in Europe, with millions of Europeans uh, victims of uh, these wars, the uh, main uh, European countries, the main European uh, democracies after the world, after the war, decided to start a common uh, destiny and uh, initially there were six uh, afterwards uh, the British and two other countries Ireland and Denmark joined now the British want to leave and uh, gradually many other countries including Spain when we became democracies after uh, our uh, uh, dictatorships uh, in the 20th century we wanted to join Europe the European integration as a project of peace, as a project of uh, democratic values, uh, as a project of uh, uh, deeper uh, human rights, uh, freedoms, and uh, we need to join, thinking in our future, these uh, challenges of the 21st century that we only can uh, 
successfully tackled together with the original reasons of the European integration that are still, of course, valid. How do you see the future of European integration after Brexit? Well, uh, it's true that uh, Brexit was a very bad news, uh, mainly for the British, in my view. They cannot uh, be relevant uh, again as they were when the British Empire was the main uh, superpower in the, in the world at the end of the 19th century, beginning of the 20th century. Uh, is a uh, bad news for them, but also for us, because uh, Britain is an important, very important country. Uh, they have contributed to the European integration in terms of uh, the diplomatic capacity, uh, a lot of relationship uh, across the world with uh, defense capacities, with uh, uh, the support of uh, open economies, uh, uh, they know how to improve the functioning of the markets. Uh, they are experts in finance because the city of London is uh, one of the most important financial places in the world. So we will miss them, but uh, we will not suffer uh, in our uh, common will to continue the European integration. I think the British had always been uh, in Europe in a very particular position. They didn't want to become members of the common currency, of the euro. They were not integrated, or they are not integrated, in the space of free movement of persons, uh, Schengen. They are not participating in the uh, justice and home affairs uh, integration process. So they were always, because of their uh, political will, a very particular partner within Europe. Uh, there is no other member of the European Union, of the 27 members of the European Union, that has uh, these same uh, particularities. And no one else is uh, trying to leave the European Union, and I don't think any of the present members will leave the European Union. It's uh, much better to be in, even if you can uh, uh, share, uh, you must share your priorities and your sovereignty with others, than to be out. Uh. So, uh, the European Union will continue to push forward the integration. Where, in which areas, in the economic area, because the economic and monetary union, the common currency area, needs to be completed with new instruments, a fiscal union, for instance. Uh, we need to advance uh, towards a common migration policy. We have uh, tensions and, and we will continue to, to have uh, a lot of people around the world that will want to come to Europe and we will need more people as a labor force in, in an aging uh, society such as the European. We need to ensure our uh, defense capacities within NATO but uh, with a particular responsibilities for Europeans. We have a lot of tensions and conflicts uh, near our borders in Ukraine, tensions with Russia, conflicts, uh, very serious conflicts and very uh, awful consequences of those conflicts in Syria, Iraq, Afghanistan, Middle East. Uh, we have a very uh, difficult uh, situation in uh, countries in the uh, southern uh, rib of the Mediterranean Sea, Libya, Egypt, uh, Tunisia. And uh, we need to be responsible of our own uh, security, not only of our internal security, but also of our external security. And this is a new uh, frontier for the European integration. So there are many reasons to advance. Now, in the short term, we have a very important uh, 
uh, electoral uh, uh, challenges in France, in Italy, but uh, I'm convinced that uh, the European Union will continue to advance, sometimes at a faster speed than now, in other cases uh, to adopt uh, important decisions, strategic decisions is not easy, uh, you need to combine uh, very different priorities, traditions, uh, political cultures, but uh, the reasons to uh, become stronger and to be more integrated are much more relevant than the obstacles and the difficulties to advance. At the beginning of our conversation you said we Europeans should decide the mm -hmm. future of Europe. I'm wondering what are the tools besides election that European citizens can actually exercise to affect decision-making at the EU level yeah. and determine their own futures? Well, uh, the most important decisions at the EU level, at the European Union level, are adopted by the head of the state and government of the members of the EU when they, met, when they meet in the European Council. And they uh, are national leaders with uh, uh, shared EU responsibilities, but first and foremost, they are accountable before their national parliaments. So national parliaments, not only governments, but parliaments, the political parties at the national level, should push in favor of uh, European integration. And in fact, if you look at the uh, results of the European elections uh, every five years, or if you look uh, most recently to the opinion polls, the majority of the Europeans want to move forward and to, to be more integrated in some areas, when they realize that national decisions are not efficient enough and cannot solve the problems they have and cannot tackle the challenges. So uh, national politics is very important. The future of Europe will not be decided in Brussels by the Brussels uh, officials, by the Brussels uh, civil servants of the Commission or of the, of the European Parliament. The, the future of Europe will be decided by the will, by the political will of European citizens when they uh, vote their governments and their national parliaments. Of course, the European Parliament uh, is an important uh, institution because uh, they are the representatives, the European MPs are the representatives of the whole European citizens. The European Parliament uh, has uh, increased their political relevance, the competences, uh, but uh, must still to be uh, more relevant. The European Parliament lacks some of the uh, elements of a normal Parliament, as we know them. Uh, they don't have a legislative initiative, and I think they should have legislative initiative uh, that now belongs to the Commission as a monopoly of the initiative. I don't want the Commission to renounce to the legislative initiative, but uh, areas where there is no reasons to justify the monopoly of the legislative initiative. And the European Parliament should be uh, able to adopt uh, decisions at the same level that the Council, than the representatives of the Member States in all areas. For instance, right now, still, the uh, decisions regarding taxes and tax systems are in fact adopted uh, by the member states without the participation of uh, the parliament because every member state can veto the decisions. This uh, uh, maybe in the past uh, when the public opinion was less uh, uh, ready to accept this sharing of sovereignty had a justification. Now 
that we share a common currency, that we have a banking union, that we have a single market, that we have uh, important instruments to coordinate economic policies, the uh, unanimity to adopt uh, decisions on taxes has no justification at all. And this should be uh, an area where the uh, European member states should recognize that uh, we need to adopt uh, decisions at the EU level with the uh, full uh, engagement and participation of the European Parliament. How do you see the rise of populism in, in Europe? In Europe, in the US, uh, yeah. in, many, in many areas of the world. Uh, we, are, we are living in a period because of the crisis, but not only because of the crisis. The first uh, manifestations of populism emerged before the crisis. So uh, this means that uh, the uh, mainstream uh, political parties and uh, the government leaders, the main leaders at the national level, are not being able to explain their public opinions and to convince their citizens about the complexity of the problems and the kind of solutions we need to put forward to uh, overcome the difficulties of the present time, the difficulties of uh, not being able to establish a good governance of globalization, the difficulties uh, on how to reduce inequalities, uh, how to avoid uh, tax havens, uh, how to uh, accept the fact that in this world uh, we need to open borders and not to establish fences at the borders because uh, people have the right to move. It's true that we need strategies not to allow uncontrolled movements of population that will not solve any problems, will create even more tensions, but these kind of things require uh, supranational uh, decisions and require explanations at the national level for citizens that they think that they are voting for their representatives at the national level and they are frustrated because these representatives in government or in parliament cannot solve the problems and cannot fulfill the promises they put in their electoral platforms. So these uh, tensions, these uncertainties, these uh, difficulties are the uh, environment where populistic uh, messages uh, can uh, thrive. Uh, simplistic uh, analysis of uh, what is uh, going on, what is wrong, and uh, uh, a lot of negative criticism without uh, viable alternatives. This is my definition of populism. Afterwards, you can analyze the populism in Europe, the populism uh, here with Trump, the populism in, uh, uh, I don't know, in uh, uh, wherever you, you look around. In Europe, the main arguments used by populists, in my view, are linked with migration and with the fear that the foreigners will invade us and will occupy our uh, jobs, uh, will use our public services that we are uh, paying with our taxes, that they will create a situation where the society will uh, lose identity. And, uh, but uh, these are fears that are not rational. These are fears that uh, require a, a strong uh, political response from the point of view of the mainstream political forces, forces that uh, uh, wants to win the elections and wants to deal from the government uh, position the, the, to put in place the policies uh, and the strategies to solve 
these problems and to give alternatives. No? And well, this uh, now is a difficult uh, period because the consequences of the crisis had created even additional arguments for some uh, populisms. But at the same time, I don't think they will uh, uh, reach governments and they will uh, change completely the political landscape. So the, the mainstream political parties uh, had uh, uh, problems, uh, they are uh, suffering uh, bad results in, in electoral processes, but if you look around uh, in the governments of Europe, uh, the mainstream parties continues to be uh, the majority in parliament. This uh, requires coalitions more than uh, before, maybe, because uh, nobody has an absolute majority. Okay, it's a different way to, to reach uh, decisions. But uh, I, I am concerned in the short term by populism in Europe, but I am not worried in the long term, because I am sure that the citizens will not uh, follow these demagogical uh, and simplistic solutions. If you would tell us about the Europe of your dream, how it looks like? Well, uh, Europe with peace, freedoms, democracy, protection of human rights, uh, sticking to our common values, uh, being able to adapt and sustain the welfare state, to have uh, in, in place uh, policies that will correct inequalities and that will ensure uh, a better future for the young generations. Now, the young people are the victims of many of the inequalities that had increased in the past, in the recent past. And uh, the young generations and even their father's generations don't believe that the young people will, live in a, will be better off in, in the future. We need to change these uh, uh, expectations. And uh, I hope that Europe will be able to change uh, this. But for that, uh, we need on the one hand uh, uh, good politicians, political courage, uh, but at the same time, we need to be united. Uh, every country by itself will not solve this problem. If you look at the richest countries in, in the EU, Scandinavian countries, for instance, they have a lot of populism. In some occasions, they are members of the coalitions, in some others, uh, they are one of the main parties in opposition. So it's not uh, uh, a good uh, reference for those who wants to uh, catch up with the richest countries in Europe to show that in the uh, most advanced economies and societies, uh, Europe is not delivering. Uh, so we need to put this in, in place. And I think uh, Europe uh, has a fantastic opportunity with all what uh, we have learned during the crisis and uh, what we are learning with these uh, political challenges, uh, the next elections in France and the risks of uh, uh, bad results uh, of the next elections in Italy, uh, we need to learn and to prevent. Uh, we are not condemned to live always in, under these uncertainties and, and with this uh, lack of uh, trust in, uh, in our representatives. Uh, I think uh, in other periods of our, of our history, of the history of the European Union, of the European integration, we have been able to overcome these difficulties. Why not now? So, what do you think is the greatest takeaway of the European Union of this, of this series of crises? So, what's the greatest takeaway? What do you mean by takeaway? The greatest mm -hmm. lesson that... The uh, lesson? ...that learned as a, well, as a, as a project, as a... First, project. that uh, uh, 
market economy continues to be uh, the only alternative in place, but uh, it's not only about market functioning. You need uh, policies, you need public intervention to tackle the market failures, uh, for instance, in the financial sector. We need to avoid, again, a financial crisis. And if there are difficult moments uh, because the economy will not be always in a fantastic position, as an economist I can <laughs> ensure that the economic cycles exist, during the bad moments of our economy with lower growth, with higher unemployment, public intervention is uh, needed, uh, is required, and uh, uh, these uh, messages that we uh, hear in the recent past uh, from the neoliberals uh, that uh, uh, all the markets uh, are good, uh, only the market can provide good results, uh, that the state uh, is the real problem, yeah, they are wrong. Uh, I don't want to come back to an excessive public intervention, of course. I believe in the uh, free initiative of citizens and uh, everyone has uh, the right to be free to choose uh, their own future, but. Uh, there are values of uh, equality, of fairness, uh, that require redistribution and require the policies able to create uh, opportunities for all. Is That's there, all. Is there anything we didn't ask you, but you have thoughts and you want to share? Well, uh, here, being in the US, uh, when uh, I talk with American friends <coughs> here at Harvard or in, in other places, they try to uh, look at Europe as if we were a bad functioning United States of Europe. Huh? And, and I think they are wrong. The, the European history is uh, very different than the history of this country. This country started its history with the Declaration of Independence. The histo European history started, <laughs> uh, I don't know when, in the Roman Empire or maybe with the Greek uh, civilization. So every country has different traditions, different political culture, different history, different experiences, different languages. So I would like uh, my American friends to understand Europe, taking into account this diversity and knowing that the uh, final outcome of the European integration will not be the same that they found. And they, I am very happy that they found uh, the outcome of a very strong uh, United States of uh, America. Thank you so much <laughs> for this interesting conversation. <laughs> okay. Podcast, a project of the Center for the Study of Europe at Boston University, funded by a Getting to Know Europe grant from the European Commission delegation in Washington, D.C. 